you the latest thinking and developments from the international B2B marketing space, this is BBN Mixtape. And mixing it up for us today is Anol Bhattacharya. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of BBN Mixtape. We are going to discuss today employer branding. Now, during the pandemic era, where geographical boundaries are no longer a limiting factor for talents to find a job, a company's reputation matters more than ever. 86% of employees would not apply for or continue to work for a company with a bad reputation with former employees or the general public. Ultimately, you spend plenty of time creating a compelling incentivizing brand stories surrounding your products and services, but how long do you spend cultivating a powerful employer brand to ensure you attract and retain top talents? We are going to explore what employer branding means, example of good employer branding, and how you can implement your employer branding strategy today. And our guest is Carola Hecker, Client Services Director at WOB Germany. Carola, welcome to the show. Hi, Anul. All right. Please let our audience know who you are and what you do. <laughs> yeah, sure. So my name is Carola. I work for BBN uh, Germany, WOB, Client Services. So my specialism, my expertise is around integrated communication, um, especially starting on brand level. So company brands, uh, corporation brands, <clears throat> and then taking that all the way through to the implementation on all channel sets. That's what I focus on with my team. Great. So let's jump straight ahead. Mm -hmm. Now, a basic question first, that why should we at all talk about employer branding in the first place? Why it is important? I think for a number of companies or for the majority of companies, that really is a business critical topic. Because I mean, a lot of them are in transformation. Uh, all of them are facing challenges in their respective industries. And if you do not have the people on board that you need to tackle these challenges, then you have a big, big problem. So it's not just about a fancy new career website. You really need to find and keep the people to help you through that and to make you fit for the future. Great. And uh, is it happening because of uh, now the talents and especially the millennials when they're coming to the workforce, they're just not only looking for the paycheck and they're just not only looking for the uh, best uh, opportunity, they want to find a purpose too. So that kind of revolves around the branding itself? Uh, that certainly has an influence because it's like with any kind of marketing communications, it starts with your target audiences. And, uh, and their employer branding <clears throat> isn't really that different from, from any other communication, especially in the B2B space, there's a lot of uh, similarities. So when you look for a new job, that's a decision which is complex. It may include changes in your whole lifestyle. So you have your set of criteria. What are you looking for? What do you want from a new employer? Um, you will have people influencing your decisions. You will speak to your peers. Uh, if you're looking for an apprenticeship, your parents will pay it. Uh, play a big role in this and then you enter that um, selection process so you have a long list you have a short list you go and speak with some companies you eventually um, actually take that decision probably based on a good portion of gut feel as well 
And that's not the end of it because um, you started a new company and then you start to, to measure what you experience in your day-to-day -day life and across all of your employer life cycle, employer employee life cycle, you match that with what has been promised to you and what you have expected before you converted before you entered that relationship. Wow, that so, is like a sounds like a bias journey. It is a full <laughs> bias journey. If you look at the employee life cycle, that really has at least it's twelve or fourteen steps up to up to letting people go because um, past employees can be good ambassadors for your employer brand. Absolutely. And uh, who is responsible for employer branding? And it sounds like an HR job, but is it marketing involved? Is it leadership team involved? Mm. Whose, whose responsibility is this? It's often triggered by a recruitment challenge. So that usually comes from top management and then it's, then it's an HR topic. Um, marketing comes into it when you look at the brand as a whole, because an employer brand doesn't exist in isolation from the corporate brand, uh, but it's usually handled by the HR team, uh, corporate communications team, though it's often part of it. However, it really has to be um, a top leadership um, topic because you have to, to lead your company, you have to live your corporate values, you have, you have to live whatever makes your employer brand special, you have to live that top down and you have to make sure that everybody in the company understands it and, and experiences it. Yeah. Now, uh, let's get a, a little bit uh, deeper into the topic that mm -hmm. if you have to classify the strategic and tactical mm -hmm. steps of a successful employer branding, what that will look like. Mm -hmm. That's basically taking the steps of uh, our methodology in BBN, the navigator. So you start, um, you start with the discovery phase, you take a very close look at where do you stand in your competitive environment. And that's interesting because uh, for many of the B2B companies, their competitors could be B2C brands. So for instance, uh, you're looking for people to staff your logistics department. Um, next door is perhaps the logistics department of a large online fashion um, platform. And that is more prestigious, people know it better, so they already have an advantage over you. So you have to look closer, who are your competitors? Uh, you have to also be very, very honest about what are your strengths? Um, how do you perform? You have to really understand your target audiences, i.e. the people you want to recruit. And uh, there's a big difference in the profiles of, say, an R&D engineer as opposed to an apprentice um, or somebody working on the shop floor. So you have to understand really well what do these people need and what do they want. So some of the research in the discovery phase has to go into that as well. And um, typically, um, you do some research and some interviews with your current personnel to, to understand what are the strengths, uh, what are the specialties of your company, why are they still there, what do they value, where do they think the company has some weaknesses as an employer, uh, how, do they, how do they identify with the company's purpose. And once you have that picture, you enter the next phase, and that's the strategy. And that's typically a series of, of workshops where you identify and build your, your future employer brand because that forms the core of the next stage, which is the idea. Um, typically, they will come with a strong creative concept to really carry and, and keep all our different communication activities together. Um, then you roll it out. That's the activation phase. That should be done internally first and then externally because um, your most critical audience will be your own people when you start a recruitment campaign. 
So if you publish, uh, if you uh, promise something uh, in, in your career website, in your social media, that does not match what they experience day to day themselves, they, they will see this mismatch and they will address it. So once you've done the activation, um, then you do the optimization. So you see which channels perform how, uh, which messages resonate best, and then you use that to optimize the whole process. Great. Um, how now we, we talked about that the steps and which is very much similar to the steps of um, the branding as an overhaul of the mm -hmm. company. And um, so is there a correlation between these two that you say that that employer branding doesn't sit in isolation? But what mm -hmm. is the correlation of uh, like, you know, a company's overall branding and the employer branding? It is closely connected because you typically would derive your employer brand from your corporate brand. Audiences are a bit different. The offering might be a bit different, obviously, because as an employer, you offer different things than and as a supplier. But the purpose, the values, the mission, that mm -hmm. is the same for both. So right. uh, you mentioned millennials earlier, they look for, for a strong purpose in their employer. If that does not resonate with them, what you offer to the market and what you are out there in your market space, then you're not attractive as an employer. Right. Now, uh, before I ask you to give me some actual example, I would like to touch on something else that is it employer branding is uh, or maintaining the brand reputation as an employer is getting more and more difficult because of the ease of anonymity of internet mm -hmm. and ease of finding like you can go to Glassdoor and find everything about yeah. a company mm -hmm. so how you manage that reputation it's not only about the marketing it's managing that mm -hmm. part also mm -hmm. that's not easy but it's not easy for a corporate brand either because in social media people can share the opinion of you as a brand as a supplier as a partner so that basically holds true for all of them um, you have to be aware of this and you have to be able to, to manage it in an authentic way. You, know, you can't delete posts. <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> but if somebody is critical, then you open that conversation with them um, and you try to address it. And if you have a strong employer brand and if you have a strong community, then they will take care of that themselves. We often see that if somebody posts something um, very critical on a brand and then you have somebody from the community taking up, taking that up and saying, oh, my, my experience with this company as an employer is different and is a lot better than yours. Yeah? So, you know, that is something which is, is handled within that community. And also you have to be transparent as, as much as you can be. Speak openly about your company, speak openly about your strengths um, and have a good profile on all these platforms as well. So um, it becomes clear that you are there as a corporate brand and you are there as an employer brand as well. Right. And uh, and about that positioning as a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And and that uh, that is reflected not only to the core product and services, it is also reflected as how the company is addressing the work-life balance of the employees, how the company is doing the part as a global citizen or, mm. or their CSR activity, how that link up to the employer branding and how that should be used? Mm. Well, the corporate values and the corporate purpose is the same for both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if, as a corporate brand, um, your values are to be, to be bold, um, um, to be open, um, 
to to address new things and to, to be curious, for instance, then that's something that um, is also true for how you, you deal with your employees. If they experience that this is not the case, you know, if you talk about boldness and openness and what they see in their everyday life and their appraisals is exactly the opposite, um, then you have a problem. <laughs> so that should be seen, any, any kind of value that you have uh, for your company should be seen and defined both externally to your clients, to your partners, to your communities, and also internally with a perspective to your employees. Sounds good. So uh, can you give me a, an example where, where you worked with an em, uh, employer or where the employer branding done right and what was mm-hmm. the direct effect of that? Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting example is a company that we have worked with from the Daimler Group. Uh, their name is MBC Power. They are located in a very rural part of uh, Thuringia in eastern Germany and uh, they produce the engines for most of the, the mid-level Mercedes-Benz cars. And um, they had a very specific challenge because um, they needed to, to, to man a new, completely new production line. They needed uh, several hundred skilled workers very quickly. Yeah. And the interesting thing was that they never had the need to, to build a corporate brand in the first place because their customers are within their own corporation. So they didn't have a marketing department, um, they didn't have um, a particular need to build a brand awareness outside, but they needed that for this employer brand. And uh, what they understood, and I think that's why they're an excellent example, is they've seen that this is not a quick fix thing. If you want to build your employer brand, you have to do it right, and you have to do it with a long-term view. And that's what they did. So they didn't just look at, right, we need a new career side, we need uh, a better candidate experience, we need to do something on our social channels. But they went through the whole process of defining their employer brand, um, realigning the whole of the communication, um, basically reviewing everything they did, um, building new awareness, building new presence, um, building um, a great creative idea across all channels. And they've been doing that for, for almost seven years now. So once they had this immediate problem solved and all their um, vacancies filled, they still kept developing and caring for that idea. So they would build it internally, they made sure that it's implemented in the organization through uh, many different ways, uh, made sure that their leadership team is in line with it, made sure that um, the employees um, are aware of this and also learn and see and live the values every day. Uh, and in the external communication, it's still very consistent and very cohesive. So they're still using that original idea with different angles across all their channels. Um, so that is something very solid foundation there. And um, that, that kind of job is never finished. And they've understood that. And they really, really implemented that across all the channels all the time. That's that's great uh, case study. Really, really appreciate that. Now, I want to end the thing with one question, which is much more closer to my heart, and I believe it is to your heart too. That is, we are B2B agencies, and we are the less glamorous uh, brothers and sisters of the B2C agencies. Now, talent problem is as severe as every B2B company as to us that we have to compete with those B2C agencies. And uh, how do B2B agencies get the right talent in this, uh, in this transformational or in, in transition mm-hmm. market? 
I suppose it's what, what every employer brand should be. Don't try and turn yourself into something that you are not. Mm-hmm. Just look at your own strengths. Uh, B2B agencies have, have great jobs, they have great teams, they may have fantastic culture. And that's something that you can share. That's something that you can make visible. Yeah? And uh, the kind of development you, you have as a personal development in a B2B agency can be much more exciting than the one in a B2C agency because uh, it's, it's interesting, complex topics that you work with. Um, it's a more complex methodology. Um, you work with a different kind, kind of team setup. Um, you have clients that you, you really can do great things for and not just readjust here and readjust there, but you can sort of reinvent them. Um, so I think there's, there's great jobs to be had at a B2B agency. And if you manage to bring that the cost together with your, your unique and your specific uh, culture, and also maybe a little more openness towards uh, new work principles, then I think you have an attractive offering. That, that sounds great. Thank you, Carola, very much uh, for sharing some great insights today with our listeners. Um, that's all for today, folks. Until the next episode, stay safe and happy marketing. Thank you. BBN Mixtape is a production of BBN. Subscribe from your favorite podcatcher for episode transcripts, links, and more. If you like this show, give us a nice five-star rating. It's how you can help more marketers find us. Thank you, and we will talk in the next episode.